Thanks for tuning in to Faith Online. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. Staying with the theme about being battle ready, but being battle ready in prayer about spiritual warfare. So it's not surprising that um, it's been a bit of an interesting uh, couple of days. I really have a passion um, to encourage people to pray. And I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not here to like, knock you down if you're not praying very much. I'm not here to, to say what you're praying isn't right. But I want you to get passionate and realize that the power of prayer is something we need to grasp. And we need to activate every single day in our lives. So a few weeks back, we heard from Ben. And he clearly demonstrated that being a Christian means that at times we are in battle. We've got no choice about that, and there are times when we wrestle with God. Pastor Mike has encouraged us to walk through life as though we are on the winning side. Sometimes one of the most annoying things, and if I'm honest about being Christians, is that sometimes we come across as being a little bit apathetic, a little bit weak. People don't really see us as some, somebody to contend with. Um, when I became a Christian a long time ago... Um, I actually took the word of God quite literally. I thought if I'm having a relationship with God, then it can't just be me going, oh, you know, please pray for my Uncle Bob's toe or pray for my brother, um, pray for this, pray for that. It has to be something that is a two-way thing. So God needs, I need to give um, time for God to be able to speak to me. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed um, and wasn't really sure how that was going to look like. And um, I had a dream. I went to bed one night, and I went. I was asleep, and my brother was in the army at the time and was on a mission somewhere. And in this dream, it felt very real. He came, he knocked on my door, he said, Clay, he said, I need you to pray for me. And that's not something my brother would have done. Um, he said, we're in trouble, I need you to pray. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to pray. So I sort of got my Bible out and I was like almost on, in my dream on the staircase in our house, like praying Psalm 91, almost till I got hoarse because I really believe that um, we are on the winning side. Victory's already happened, but we have to appropriate that victory in our lives every day. So I prayed and prayed and prayed and went back to sleep, woke up and felt a little bit exhausted because it actually felt very real. And then a couple of days later, when I spoke to my brother, he said, we've just had the worst week. You know, we um, our comms went down. We were out in the middle of wherever they were at that time with no communication back to base. And he said, and all I just sat there was thinking, gosh, I hope my sister's praying for me. Now, that was kind of, okay, I need to be doing this. I need to be activating this more often in my life. So why are we at battle? Well, we know that Satan got kicked out of heaven. As a result of that, he's in contention for our, uh, for our time, for our soul. He wants um, to rob us of our joy and our trust in God. So if we take a look at Ephesians 6, verse 10 and 18, I'm not sure if we can... Uh, Get there up there, okay? So it says, finally, build up your strength in the union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power, put on all the armor that God gives you so that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. So put on God's armor now. Then when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist the enemy's attacks. And after fighting to the end, you will stand, hold your ground. So stand ready with truth as a belt tight around your waist, with righteousness as your breastplate. 
and as your shoes the readiness to announce the good news of peace. At all times, carry faith as a shield, for with it you will be able to put out the burning arrows shot by the evil one. And accept salvation as a helmet, and the word of God as the sword which the Spirit gives you. Do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leaves. For this reason, keep alert and never give up. Pray always for God's people. God's already equipped us. So the weapons um, that we have, um, it's interesting when we look at the um, a Roman soldier, and, and that's often you know the, the basis of the Bible, that, that when they looked at the armor, they very much looked at what the Roman soldier was like. Part of our duty almost as Christians is that not only do we fight for, for ourselves, but we fight for one another. The shields of the, of the Roman soldiers actually interlocked. So um, when somebody fell, they'd lift their shields up and they interlocked. So they interlocked around the side and they interlocked around the top. So somebody stood in that gap would tend to the need of that person that had fallen. And when that was done, the shields went down and they went further on to battle and I really believe that that's something we need to do we need to start standing in the gap for our friends standing in the gap for our um our destiny almost and standing um, in the gap for for what's going on in our community what is God saying how can we stand how what is God telling me to pray and to do that I just need to listen Prayer isn't about us talking all the time. A lot of it is just listening. What is God saying? What is he speaking into my spirit? We are the head and not the tail. God says we already have the victory. So we're all already on the winning side. So when we're praying for our families, when we're praying for our city, when we're praying for our nation, we do that knowing that God has already got the answer for that. We just need to be listening and confessing that victory through praise and proclamation. If you look at 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. That up, yep, it's true that we live in the world, but we do not fight from worldly motives. The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds. We destroy false arguments. We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. If they pray to me and repent, turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins and make their land prosperous. We've only got to switch on the news to realize that, you know, when the world is in chaos, we need to pray. It, it, you know, being part of, of, of a spiritual army is not a choice. As soon as we become Christians and we call Jesus our savior, we're part of this army and we've got a, a part to play in that. Um, Aggressive prayer or, or um, spiritual warfare prayer is often um, referred to as intercession. And the Hebrew word for that is paga. And it means to strike up against, to be violent, to collide and kill. There's nothing weak or apathetic about spiritual warfare. So we need to challenge every negative, every destructive thought as soon as they enter our minds. We need to evaluate everything in the light of God's word. In intercession, we declare war on the enemy and we execute God's written judgment on the enemy. Sometimes when we talk about prayer, there's almost that inner sigh sometimes because I know some of, the, um, some of the talks I've had on prayer have actually made me go away feeling a little bit kind of um, 
inadequate, I suppose, but that is all. It's the lie of the enemy. We need to realize that it doesn't need to be eloquent. We just need to know that we're standing in truth. And we need to know that um, we have the victory. And we need to know that when we pray God's word, that something will happen. God's word is alive when we speak it. If we don't speak it, nothing happens. So we have a responsibility to pray. When we talk about spiritual warfare, sometimes we get a bit scared because, you know, I'm not necessarily somebody that particularly likes the whole attention. I'm not a, a shouty type of person. Um, but we're hidden in Christ. God protects us. And Jesus is our master and commander. So if he's out there in front of us, he's prov- um, preparing the way. I'm so sorry. My voice is going to go. Um, but as we pray, it invades the enemy's camp. Um, the enemy knows that he's lost. His day-to-day activity is to lie about us, to say that, you know, um, you're not good enough. The people around you, you know, they don't like you very much. You're not going to fit in church. You don't need to go there. You have no destiny. His plan is to rob us every day of that that joy and that safety within um, our salvation. So he's given us the motive to fight and the equipment to secure victory. We have keys to the kingdom. Thank you very much. (laughs) And the power to bind and loose. So um, it is as we have anointed to accomplish the task. When we pray, um, and I really believe this, if we're praying for something, we pray, we listen to what God wants us to do about this, and then we act. Um, God's Blueprint is the word of God and activating that through prayer um, gives us truth and it gives us the the strength and the, um, you know, yeah, the strength to to, to go in and and to fight that enemy. Because sometimes Satan presents himself as as, as this big thing, as something that we're never going to to rid in our lives. You know, if we've got addictions, if we've got hurts, those hurts can be so big. Those hurts can encompass everything that we are. But that's not who we are. We're more than that. We're more than the addiction. We're more than our hurt. We just have to kind of push in and and, and trust God and, and, and apply the word of God to our lives. Intercession gives us that blueprint for victory and our daily battle should start with prayer. We endure through prayer and we find victory in prayer. We have victory. We need to walk as though we have it. When we are in battle, we fight knowing that the Lord has gone before us. Victory has already been won, as I said, and we need to remind the enemy of that. So if we take a look at 1 John 5, verse 3 to 5. Um, For our love for God means that we obey his commands, and his commands are not too hard for us, because every child of God is able to defeat the world, and we win victory over the world by means of our faith. Who can defeat the world? Only the person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I said um, a few weeks ago when we were doing communion that I am aware that we, we're we not fighting fit every day. There are stuff that we go through and sometimes we don't have the strength to pray. Sometimes we don't have the strength to stand. But that's why God placed a family around us to do that. So when you're down, I've got the faith to lift you up. When I'm down, I've got people around me. We're not in this alone. 
And God is looking for people to stand in the gap, which is essentially what intercession is. Um, I haven't got this written down, but Ezekiel 22, verse 30, God's calling out for people to stand in the gap. He's <clears throat> it, He asks us to build a wall. Now, it's not like Trump, so we're building a wall to keep everybody out or in or whatever all that's about. But this is a wall, so we can stand on the very foundation of the word of God. So I can see far. I can see what God wants um, for the future. I can look back and learn from the mistakes and the victories of the past. But I can also stand in that gap today to win victory for now, for this very moment. So if you take a look at Matthew 16, verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven, and what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. If we re- learn nothing about other than today, that, is the, is, that verse there is the reason why we need to pray. God acts when we pray. If we don't pray, then nothing happens. We have a responsibility not only to each other, but to our city, to our family. I know I have family that aren't saved, and I'm going to fight until that point comes when they find salvation. I know my city needs to know God. There are things on our streets. There are things that the kids are going through. There is um, increase in suicide in our town. Well, we need to be doing something about it. We can't idly sit back and do nothing, and prayer is... It's the way to, uh, to bring breakthrough. So we have that. We have the tools. God has given us the, the, um, the armor to stay and, and to stand strong. So we're not weak, but we're strong. Fulfillment of promise follows prayer. And that's so important to remember. When we pray, something always happens. And deliverance follows confession. If sin is present, we need to knock it down. And we do this through repentance. The army of God is formed of two armies. As I said, we're not on our own. The army of heaven and we are the army here on earth. We are in this together. If we call ourselves Christians, then we are at war with the enemy. If we don't wage war in prayer, then battles are lost. People who don't know God will be buried under the weight of hopelessness. And those Christians who need us to step up and battle for them, when they are weak, will will remain broken and just drown in disappointment. That sounds quite dramatic, but that's what life's like. You know, we have to realize the importance of prayer isn't just those little shopping list things that we do every day. As I said earlier, not knocking that down about praying for this and praying for that. But we need to do it with a determination and a a belief that we're at battle and there's a victory to be won. Victory is ours, and so we just have to raise our swords to the word of truth, open our mouths and declare victory through prayer and praise. There's been many issues that I've, I've sort of had in my own life, and, and, and I worked with addicts and stuff in the past. There is The battle can get tough when you're standing with those people, but it's that word of God, knowing that Jesus has gone before, knowing that there is nothing that Jesus can't conquer, there is nothing that Jesus can't get us through. If we need healing, we just believe. And if we don't believe, we ask because God has placed us in this family. I believe there is so much to do in, 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 in this church. Um, God has put a great group of people about. So praying, interceding, what are we, what, you know, we know what Pastor Mike's vision is for this place. So we need to pray that into being. What is your destiny upon your life? We need to be praying that into being. What's coming our way? What has the enemy got um, planned for us? So we need to rest. We need to pray. We need to listen. So we know that that, um, so when it's coming, so we can be prepared. 
only a short space of time for this, and there's so much more to talk about. But I'm one of my, um, I suppose, sort of heroes of faith. Um, when I was trying to work out what intercession was, because somebody spoke to me about it, and I was like, oh, no idea what that means. Um, and prayer was always, you know, when I first became a Christian, went to a very traditional church, so we all went to the prayer meeting. Hardly anybody was there, because for some reason, prayer meetings don't necessarily attract the, the, the body of Christ, as it were. But nothing really happened. And I was thinking, well, surely... If we're on the victory side, if, if, if God is, 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 is somebody that flung the stars into space, if God has given me destiny and purpose, then something should be happening when we pray. And the responsibility of that, I realize that not everybody does pray. I realize some people are not sure how to pray. I'm not sure that there's a particular right way, but we can always encourage each other in that. But um, this chap called Jim Goll is an amazing person. Uh, prayer in session he looks at the history of prayer he looks at how through um history there have been 24-hour prayer um prayer teams prayer cells set up because just praying for a nation at war when our nation is suffering and our nation is in chaos regardless of whether we you know how we feel about brexit or whatever's going on our nation is in chaos and God needs to be speaking into that chaos. And by doing that is from us. We need to start praying and interceding on that. So Jim Goals um, said, prayer works. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is one of the most deadly and effective weapons for destroying the works of the enemy. Prayer is God's lifeline to the hurting, the wounded, the weak, and the dying. But he expects you and I to throw out his rope of life in the name of his son, Jesus. Intercession is not the preoccupation of the zealous few. It is the calling and calling and the destiny of the chosen people, of every blood-washed child of God. If you call Jesus Christ Savior and Lord, then he calls you intercessor and priest. And today he is calling you to your knees to pray. Sounds heavy, but we have a responsibility to do that. We have a responsibility to pray. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of questions. I've tried to keep that quite short because I want um, to allow people. I was given 50 minutes, and I'm sure I've done that. And um, if you have questions, I'm more than happy to, to, um, to chat to you after if you don't want to speak out today. But I just looking to set up an intercessionary prayer group and a prayer team so we can pray and then I'll let you know when that's set up so you can um, contact us if there's stuff that you want us to pray and intercede and but I want to walk the land I want to walk this I want walk this area I want to pray around the streets I want to pray around the building I want to pray in the building and I want to see victory I'm expecting victory I'm not going into this thinking that it's going to be tough it is hard you know setting time aside is is tough the whole battle you know my I felt fine Friday but feel a bit rubbish today it's not um something that is easy but it's something that we have to do and not everybody wants to do it but I'm calling on those people who might want to know a little bit more or might know that this is something that's in their hearts to just stand today and start um, taking up that mantle of intercessor so Richard here you are that was great thank you Claire So as I said, we're going to have a little bit of a prayer panel now. Um, we're just going to get the chairs put out. So, um, and then um, we'll get on with that. 
So Claire's going to stay around for the prayer panel, and I'm just going to invite up as well Phil. If you just want to give Phil a round of applause, everyone. And uh, Mike as well. Mike's coming up. Right, so I've just got a few questions um, that I felt uh, led to write this morning. Obviously, leaving it last minute, it's always good. Um, and then we're going to actually open it up as well. So if anyone's got any questions that they would like to ask, we'll be coming out to the floor as well in a sec. That's really good, Claire. Thanks, by the way. In fact, it answered most of my questions, but you know, we'll go again anyway. So what, the first question was, um, if God knows everything we need, why do we need to pray? Okay, thank you. Um, because I believe when God created Adam and Eve, he created them into partnership. God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth. And this was something, in a sense, that really messed up my own prayer life, the idea that God is sovereign, which I totally believe. But then I believe that God has given, as Claire said, us that ability to communicate, to pray, and have real deep relationship with God in prayer and I think sometimes when we're wrestling with God in prayer as well it's not so much to get an answer to prayer it's in our praying we find out more about who God is that is provider that is healer that is comforter that is helper and everything so God gives prayer so that we can partner with him in getting answers and also it's a great way of getting to know him in his type of character as well. Yeah, I agree. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, one one thing probably doesn't. It may lead from this a little bit, but one thing I was thinking is when we're talking about prayer, is prayer is often in my life a is the last resort rather than a first port of call. Um, and I kind of think part of me knows as a Christian, I know, oh, God knows everything, everything's fine. Therefore, I don't need to worry about it. But that, I think, swings a bit too far where I think, well, there's no point praying because God knows if my friend is going to get saved or, or whatever. But the other thing I realized, though, is when you pray and God answers the prayer, you end up with a lot more excitement to share with other people. So you could come here every Sunday and never pray and you'd still be a Christian, but you wouldn't be a very exciting Christian. I mean, the most excitement you get would be when you realize there's still some whispers left in the uh, chocolates as they go around. Um, but, but if you come here every Sunday and go, ah, oh, actually, this prayer was answered. And one thing I was going to mention, which as I'm already talking, I'll keep going, um, is that um, having, and it sounds a bit of a cheesy thing to do, but it might work for some people, is having a, a, a almost like a prayer diary. So not, I'm not saying you write down everything and then lock it with a little thing so your other half can't read it, but it's more, if you're, if you're reading the Bible every day and you're drawn to pray for things and you say, well, I'm going to pray that this friend is healed from this thing, then when God answers it, you write down that God answered it, and then you end up at the end of the year with this list of answered prayers, which gives you encouragement to keep going. So yeah. that's just two little two little nuggets for you. <laughs> two little nuggets. Yeah, that's great, mate. Thanks. Um, so that leads into one of my next questions then. 
which is when things aren't going well for people, how can you encourage them to keep praying when they want to give up? I think there's, sometimes as Christians, we always go, oh, it's all right, just trust God, it'll be fine. And sometimes you, we know that, but we don't feel it, do we? And I think it's just being honest that sometimes we don't feel that we've got that. And that's why, and like I said, you know, it's about reaching out. We all need somebody. We all need somebody in our lives. We all need somebody within church. If we have no, you know, I don't necessarily come from a Christian family, but God has placed people in my life that I can go to and go, look, this is just, I'm, I feel awful. I don't feel God in this. What's going on? And I'm just discouraged. I just find, think finding those um, verses in the Bible that encourage somebody, but being really listening, go, look, you know, you're sick. But I believe that God is our healer. I believe that there is victory over death. And I will pray that. I'm going to pray the word of God. And even when you don't believe it, the more you pray it, it activates something within your heart. It activates something in your spirit. Because we sometimes forget that the word of God is alive. It is the word of God. It carries the Holy Spirit. It propels the Holy Spirit into being almost. So when we pray it and we can, you know, we, we just don't pray and just go, well, I'll leave it to God and let's see what happens. We push, we push through until that we see a victory coming and it's praying that sort of life force almost as I see the word of God as being a life force into that situation and just not giving up until you get an answer. We wrestle for that answer. I think Jesus understands exactly how we feel because Jesus told the parable about the man who went to his friend at midnight, you know, knocking for some bread. And you read at the beginning of that parable, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they should always pray and not give up. So the whole purpose of Jesus telling that parable was that he knew his disciples, those people closest to him while he was on earth, would be exactly to do that, tempted to give up when praying. So Jesus knows our hearts. So Jesus says, you know, I know you're going to be tempted to give up at times. I know you feel like quitting at times, but I'm going to show you a parable I was thinking couple of days ago about Jairus when he asked Jesus to come and heal his daughter and Jesus gets delayed on the way and Jairus' daughter ends up dying and the messengers come and say your daughter's dead why bother the teacher anymore and Jesus just said don't be afraid only believe and I think sometimes we're praying and often things get worse go downhill you know and life can go really down the pan sometimes when you're praying about something and it's screaming out in your head, why bother? But I think we just need to hear what Jesus said, don't be afraid. And a literal translation is, keep on believing. Stop being afraid. Keep on believing. Keep on hanging in there. And keep on praying. You know, there's an old, is it synonym? Where they say, push, pray until summit happens. I think that's, you know, really good, simple advice. Just push pray until something happens it's actually something but yeah, not that's summer. Drummy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that, that old hymn um don't stop believing you know the kids all <laughs> the kids will remember that <laughs> we should sing this on a sunday more i think journey i think did it originally but it's good that, that good christian band yes yes <laughs> you're all on the journey of faith see that's oh, yeah, yeah yeah i'm with you yeah <laughs> so <laughs> In um, Psalm 139, it ends with uh, David praying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 
and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So that's quite a powerful prayer. Um, can sometimes we take prayer a bit for granted and it becomes a bit formula, a bit of a formula, or should we be looking to be praying things like that every day? I think one thing I've found is it's, yeah, praying dangerous prayers is is an interesting thing to do. So there's two prayers that I have prayed in the past. I don't pray them every day, but I pr- remember praying once that God would challenge me with finances. And then about two months later, I lost my job. Um, <laughs> it was fine. Um, and then, but also another, another interesting prayer, if you fancy a challenge of the week, is to pray that God would give you an opportunity to speak to somebody about him. So that could even be as simple as talking to your wife or whatever. But, but it could also be, you know, when you're in work or when you're around, you know, it's just that challenge of, Actually, God, give me an opportunity to mention you in a conversation. Um, and I don't tend to pray that because I'm scared to do it. And so I think that's part of it. It's very safe to, to pray, you know, when you're feeling well. You know, <laughs> Thank you, God, for making me feel well today. You know, but it's when things get, when it, when it becomes a challenge and takes you out of your day-to-day, um, yeah, your day-to-day um, rhythms, I guess, then... Yeah, so I would challenge anybody that wants to, ch- you know, wants to see stuff start changing to sort of say, okay, God, I want to change, and you know, start with little things and see, you know, and that's where writing it down can help, as I say, because if I, if you pray that at the beginning of the week, God help me pr- speak to five people this week, and then on Saturday you write down, oh, I spoke to these five people who are now coming to the Easter service, who are that, you know, so that's a thought. Yeah, and I think we we all know when our lives are not quite right. And um, I think we need to acknowledge, you know, that, you know, sometimes, you know, there's sin or whatever in our lives because we need to pray because we need to have victory over that. Mm -hmm. Sin gives the enemy um, authority in our lives to just sort of rest and and rot away almost. And and, and it robs us of faith. If we don't, if we just pray our little sort of traditional prayers that perhaps when we were taught when we were kids, you know, pray for my nan, pray for my dad, pray for my mum. They're all great. They're prayers. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to have breakthroughs. So we need to get a bit passionate about it. And I think if we're not praying with victory in our hearts, then I'm not saying that God doesn't do anything. But we don't. if we don't pray, then we don't get victory. If we don't pray, then the promises of God aren't released. So we need to start recognizing the stuff in our lives, get God to sort it out and be victorious in that and to pray until we see change. And we, if, to pray in that, like I said, it activates the Holy Spirit. It challenges you. Like, you know, mm. I feel as if I should be giving. I'm not giving enough, Lord. And, oh, I haven't got any money. But help me pray for this. Perhaps I'm not giving what I should. And I don't really want to give what I should. And, and you worry about money. And then God will find a way. You know, if, if all I'm sure we've all had moments where we've, like, perhaps given out of nothing and but God restores that to us and we're almost sort of robbing God of an opportunity to bless us if we just do those little prayers every day I know from my own life you know look back and I think there's some times where I might as well just have recorded yesterday's prayers and you know flick the switch and you know got a made a cup of tea and you know done something a bit more interesting and you know let God listen to a tape recording tape recording of yesterday's prayer time I think that's the greatest danger for my own life is just that formalism where, you know, you might have seen the Tibetan prayer wheel where the Tibetan Buddhists just churn the prayers out and, you know, the bells ring and everything. And, you know, it's sending up prayers to whoever might be listening. But God wants relationship. 
So for me, the most important thing for me is at the beginning of my quiet time is just to set my heart to what I'm actually doing and who I'm actually praying to. That's, you know, I was talking with Karen, my daughter, a while ago, and, you know, my first thing I do, come down every morning, feed the cats, get a cup of coffee, and, you know, we just, thing, you know, Coffee with the King. That's what I do every morning. It's just I'm sit there with a cup of coffee with Jesus and it make it real that there's a real person with me in the room. So it's not a routine. It's not this prayer list. But I'm conversing with a real person here and trying to break through that formality because an earthly person wouldn't want the relationship to get routine. So God doesn't, you know, that's the key thing about prayer is relationship. So um, Jesus gives us this example of how to pray, called the Lord's Prayer, which we all um, know very well. Obviously, it starts off with praising God, and then it comes into submission, as in your will be done, before we get to the bit about what we need for the day. So um, why is it so important to praise God when you're praying? And also, why is it important to submit to God while you're praying as well? I suppose my thought would be it stops us being self-centered and looking at ourselves. If you, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about, when I was thinking about this as well, I was thinking it is a bit like a human um, sort of relationship. So I was thinking like when I met my wife, Hannah, I was like, if, we'd, if all I'd have done was, right, 12 years ago, written her a bunch of letters, that was our relationship, and we never spoke to each other at all, that would be um, a quite bad relationship. Whereas I kind of think our relationship with God has to be like that. It's not just we're reading this old book of letters and stuff. And, you know, I even thought it'd be the similar, you know, when you look at like, you know, the making of the tabernacle, it'd be like me leaving instructions on how to change the clock on the oven, that kind of thing. You know, if I just, if that's all it was, it would be a really dry relationship. But actually having this conversation all the time is really important. And I kind of think how I how I converse, you know, with, with human people, and ha- yeah, human people, with people, um, with Hannah and stuff is, I don't go and go, oh, do you have a good sleep? Yeah, well, okay, I want a cup of coffee, I want some cereal, can you go and get that, and then I'm going to talk about you, you know, if I, if I go to her and say, I'm not putting myself first, you know, it's, it's the same with God, you know, mm. if we go, go into that chat with him every day, and just talk about, I want this, I want that, I want that, we lose focus of, it becomes as big as us, not as big as him, I think. So that was yeah. a really long-winded response. <laughs> yeah, I think if we start praising God, it aligns our heart and our spirit to actually who God is. Sometimes we need to remember, like, you know, God is our, um, God is rule over the kingdoms of the world. You know, he's got victory. He's our counselor. He's our friend. He's our, um, you know, master and commander. He has, he is amazing. You know, he is awesome. He is wonderful. And it's that love relationship. I think we, you know, part of that, the beginning of prayer is, we don't have to remind God how great he is, but it's reminding our spirit how great God is, so that when we do come to the bits that we're going, look, I'm struggling with this, Lord, then it doesn't feel so awful. You don't feel so alone because you're with somebody who is bigger than you, mightier than you, and has got the answers to everything that you could possibly need. So, When Lynn and I were missionaries in Thailand, every, literally every house in Thailand had an altar to the spirit they believed inhabited that plot of land, as didn't the Christians' houses didn't. 
but all the other houses did. And every morning there'd be offerings to those spirits. Every evening there'd be offerings to those spirits. And there was weird stuff going on, you know, weird stuff going on. And we were new missionaries and the heaviness of the atmosphere that was so entrenched in the occult, we'd never felt anything like that. And the missionary had been there for some years, was giving us some advice, and he said, put some praise music on in your house and just have praise music on all the time. So we did that, you know, we had in the old days, you know, one of those big ghetto blaster cassette players where it would have two tapes, it would play side A, side B, side, then tape two, side A and B. So we just thought, fill the house with praise music. And it, you know, as you were saying, it just lifted the atmosphere. And then a few years ago, I was off work sick long term with chronic back pain. The pain was terrible, you know, it was 24 seven and I couldn't sing, I couldn't worship. I could read my Bible and maybe mutter a prayer, but I was in pain. But Lynn, my wife, she would be in the kitchen and God just blessed her at the time to really start singing while she was going around the house doing her stuff. So in a sense, she sang for me. And I remember looking at her in the eye, looking her in the eye one day. Yeah, she's got more than one eye, but you know, looked her in the one eye and said, don't stop singing. Please don't stop singing. That's my lifeline at the moment. And as the weeks went by, that just changed my heart. Because the psalmist said, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. And, you know, as we magnify God, our problems just look so much smaller. And God just looks so much bigger in our own perspective. That's great. Thanks. Does anyone have any questions from the floor? Thanks, Rich. I didn't know you were going to give me the mic. I've gone all shy now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd just like to ask you guys um, if you've got any experiences with praying in tongues and fasting, and if you've had any, you know, amazing results from, from that. Um, yeah, I pray in tongues every day. I walk from my house on Newport Road in Risker to Risker train station, so I will just speak in tongues. I will speak in tongues when I get off at Cardiff Central to where I work, which is about a 10-minute walk, and I got to the point now where if there's somebody standing next to me at the traffic lights waiting to cross the road, and if I get funny looks, I don't care because I'm the man who just needs God to break through my life. But a few years ago, I went on a training course in Aberystwyth and I was due to stay a couple of nights in the Premier Inn. And I booked into the Premier Inn about four o'clock on the afternoon. And I walked into my room and it was just so heavy and oppressive. So I just put my suitcases down, got my jacket off, put my slippers on, because I travel with my slippers. And I just hit the floor and started praying in tongues. And I just stayed there until I felt the atmosphere break through. I think I was probably there about 45, 50 minutes doing nothing but just praying in tongues. And then after that, just something shifted. Some of you might have heard of a guy called John G. Lake from the early 1900s who was a missionary to Africa and then a healing evangelist in America. And he said that's speaking in tongues 
was the making of his ministry. And I believe it is something that as Christians we really undervalue because when we pray in tongues, we edify ourselves, we pray the perfect will of God. Our mind doesn't understand it, but we re- I think we all need to get to that point where we spend time daily worshipping in tongues, praying in tongues. And as Claire was saying earlier, it gives us that listening ear to God then when God can just drop things more readily in our hearts. Yeah, I think just praying in tongues activates heaven again, isn't it? I often think when, you know, you're in that bit when you want to change the atmosphere and you start praying in tongues, I almost envisage the angels coming alongside and, you know, and, and doing that extra bit of, bit, you know, <laughs> because, you know, like I said, it is sometimes we are contending um, for, for God's place, you know, in, in on this earth, isn't it? It's the contention that Jesus is, is Lord and Savior, but not all the world knows it, not all the world believes it, and activating in, um, and praying in tongues activates that. It gives us the strength sometimes when we've got nothing left to say, but it says everything that we need to say, even like you said, you, we, we don't understand it. And fasting, again, if we're going through a, a situation where we're not seeing that victory or we're just really struggling, I think sometimes fasting allows us to, we did Feb fast. It gives us a little bit more discipline, doesn't it? It focuses our mind a little bit. It allows God in the weakness of what we feel when we're fasting to break in that little bit more. It's almost like, you know, putting some weight behind your prayer yeah, talking about fasting as well, a few year, donkey's years ago now, when Lynn and I just felt God calling us to something different when we were both in full-time work in Birmingham, we decided to set every Thursday evening to fast. We didn't have a complete fast. We just said, okay, we'll have a round of toast each for tea. So the time that we would have spent preparing a meal or something, you know, we'll fast instead. And we fa- every Thursday night for about two years we fasted. And it took, you know, after about two years, God just started drawing our hearts to go out to Thailand. But over those two years, it was just like God was drawing us deeper to him. You know, we started off fasting, wanting to go down that avenue. God, show us your will. But God used that time, first of all, just to show us more about relationship with himself and spending time in his presence and just getting to know him. Anyone else? Lisa? It's just more of a general asset. For those who have sort of children still in the nursery and the primary years, finding time to pray can very much feel like a pressure and finding time to sort of really... Um, press in or do that kind of intercessory time because essentially you, you get up in the morning there's already three of you up in the morning and that can go really until bedtime and sometimes beyond if there's sickness and, and bad nights and such so do you have any kind of um, encouragements or, or tips and such as you've maybe gone through that kind of time or um, just chatted to other people who've gone through that kind of time and an in- encouragement of how we can maybe just build up an intercessory and kind of a, a prayer rhythm I suppose while working around that time in our lives I 
pray all the time, I suppose. I think it, it's prayer is our conversation with God. And, and sometimes I think we do think, oh, well, intercessory prayer, now I need to shut myself away in, in the bedroom. Everybody needs to be quiet. Everybody needs to leave me alone. And, and you know, I, I don't have kids, but I don't always have the time to do that all of the time. It's obviously easier for me to do that. But if I'm in work and things are going awful, I just kind of get my coffee and I walk through work and, and I pray in tongues or I just kind of pray and ask God for breakthrough in that time. If you're washing up, you can do that. It's not, I don't think you have to pressure yourself in, in, in making that time. I think it's just important that we give God the opportunity to communicate with us and whether that is, you know, when we're doing the washing up or putting the kids to bed or whatever, God can speak to us in that time. And it is having that conversation in your head, isn't it? God, you know, we need to break through or I need to do this. I need to, you know, make putting the kids to bed. Please let them sleep, you know, and, and praying over them. And, and, you know, it's actively having that relationship with God. And I think God understands that sometimes we're not going to have that like 15, 10 minutes or whatever it is on our own with him. But we can pray and, and communicate with him during those times as well. I think... One thing I was thinking, because, yeah, it is hard when, because Eve is uh, three and, well, three going on 15, and um, she, we pray together, but, and she understands we're talking to God and things, but my, my personal view is to, is to sort of make it, do it regularly, I, we try and do it regularly without making it a religious thing, so we'll pray before bed, but we'll say, okay, what are you thankful to God for? And she goes, oh, I'm thankful for this, this, and this. And then she um, sort of sing the, uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer song that she's learned in uh, in Crash and things, which is amazing. So thanks for sorting all that out, uh, Alicia. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing I, I wanted to quickly mention, I had a couple of things written down. I know we're probably seriously over time. It's nearly tea time. Um, was the, the excitement of answered prayer. I remember one particular prayer that I had answered when I was, it was one of these conversational prayers, um, getting ready to go to church, went to a different church before I married Hannah about 12 years ago, just about to get ready to go to church. I just started going to this church. It was really exciting. I got a phone call that morning from the guy who was renting his house to me and a couple of other guys saying, sorry, I'm going to give the house to my son. You've got a month and you've got to get out. Soz, you know. Um, and I remember that getting into the car, well, I'll deal with this on Monday, praying, God, help me deal with this on Monday and just forget about it now, give it over to you and enjoy praising you this Sunday. Within two minutes of sitting down at the beginning of the service, a guy came up to me who I knew fairly well, said, oh, I'm um, just, you know, I'm going to um, Bible college for a year. Um, any chance you want to rent my house for a year? And it literally, there was no other conversation other than that. And to that day, you know, this was 12 years ago, that still makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And I think that's, to me, if I wanted to share anything this morning, it was that kind of thing where just a simple me going, God, please help me do this. You know, I wasn't asking for a new house. I was asking, you know, that um, was really important. And then one other thing that I wrote down, if people are doing the Bible in a year, um, yesterday we read... Um, Luke 5:16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So, what I take from that is, you know, regardless of where he was praying, Jesus often prayed. Um, so I think, you know, we need to pray because Jesus prayed, and then we'll see, you know, the benefits of of what that means to have this relationship with God.
through that. That's all I had written down. Sorry to waffle on again. I think it's just realising there's different seasons in your life. You know, you look at probably your earthly relationships at the moment when you've got a child who needs looking after and they're different from the maybe they were the way they were a few years ago. I remember when Corin was born, I can remember now the first time Lynn and I sat down probably about a year later and ate an evening meal together because, you know, it was always being interrupted by a certain individual over there. And God understands that as well. So as people have said, just it's maintaining that conversation. And then when they're maybe at the house or when they're occupied, just think, right, I'm going to nap 10 minutes now. I'm just going to sit down with my Bible and read something. I'm just going to shoot off a few prayers, just like you would do with anyone else. I've got a few minutes now. I'm just going to send a text to someone. I'm just going to speak to someone on the phone. It's that relationship, that lifestyle with God. That's great. Let me give our guys a round of applause.